Welcome back to Knocked Up, the podcast from Women's Health Melbourne with Dr. Raylia Liu. Welcome, Raylia. Hi, thank you. Today we're talking about a difficult topic that shouldn't be difficult. I don't know if it shouldn't be difficult, but it is difficult. It is difficult. We're talking about weight and the impact that makes with conception and carrying and general having a baby. Yeah, look, it really does. Um, it's, it's a topic I find really hard to talk to patients about and I try to talk to patients about losing weight when I think it's relevant um, in a sensitive way and in a in a kind way and in an empowering way because it is something that patients can do to answer the question, well, what can I do to help? What can I do to make things easier? What lifestyle changes can I do to... or can I enact to improve... What can I do to the situation? Exactly, to improve my chances of having a baby. Um, but look, it's it's really hard and it's hard to sensitively raise the topic and um, from the perspective of, of a patient, I, you know, kind of it can be frustrating to hear. I think also we should just say for people listening, you are thin. Yeah, look, I am, I am. And patients possibly can um, look at kind of a doctor who's slim trying to tell a patient who's overweight that it might be a good idea to manage that aspect of their health in a kind of a negative way sometimes, I suppose. But then on, on the flip side, I've got a friend who had an overweight obstetrician who told her she had to watch her weight and, about to, and talk to her about gestational diabetes and I don't think that was taken too kindly either, but he was... Look, I think, I think it doesn't really matter. I mean, there's always... It's personal and pe- patients take it personally because it's personal. Like, of course it's personal. And, and yeah. there are issues with weight that are deep and complex. Yes. And... It's, it's. I mean, patients who are overweight generally know they are. It's not a surprise, and it's kind of something that they've probably thought about already. Um, and so, you know, talking about it can kind of sometimes make them feel like their their self esteem is being attacked. In that, you know, kind of saying or, you know, like blaming them for the problem, which is totally not where we're coming from. No. Um, but. Look, it's, it's one of those things that your doctor, as a patient, your doctor has to talk to you about because it is a really powerful thing. Um, and flipping it over to the positive, you know, controlling weight, even, even if you don't kind of like... I mean, and, and nobody aims to, you know, kind of be that, you know, 90s anorexic supermodel. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. But controlling weight to a healthy weight range mm-hmm. can really boost your chances of getting pregnant, both naturally and through fertility treatment. Yeah. And help you have a healthy pregnancy. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some measures that we, we use? Well, look, one, one crude measure we use is called BMI, yeah. um, which stands for Body Mass Index. Yeah. Now, do you want to just maybe clarify, because some people don't fit into the BMI perfect numbers, what that takes into consideration? Yeah, so it basically is a measure that's generated from looking at your weight compared to your height ratio. But it's also based on being Caucasian. Yeah, being Caucasian and being um, kind of like close to the average body build, which is, you know, kind of not taking into account for people who might have a, a more muscle mass to their physique. So it's it's just a guide. It's not an absolute, you know, kind of set in stone measure that everyone has to be in and this category. What, what is right for you, but the BMI is a good place to start. Yeah, it's, it's just that there has to be some kind of standardised standardized measure yeah. to assess, you know, between individuals and to, to kind of define what is normal. Yeah. So what are those guides? 
So how you calculate your BMI, if you want to calculate it, is you take your weight in kilograms and you divide it by your height in metres squared. So let's just say I'm 165 centimetres tall. My height in metres squared would be 1.65 squared. Um, so the, the categories of BMI, normal category is a BMI of 18 to 25. A BMI below 18 would be considered underweight, which is also not great for fertility. Yeah, um, overweight would be considered a BMI of 25 to 30. And obese would be considered a BMI greater than 30. Yeah. And just it, going back to talking to your doctor about what's, right, what's relevant to you is some of these numbers, sometimes you might have a very low B, BMI, but actually your weight's fine and the other way around. Yeah, it's true. What are, so I guess we're talking, people would assume we're just talking about the female, but we're not. Absolutely not. So if you're a male who's overweight, what, what are some of the things that, that will be impacting fertility? So if a man is overweight, he often is a little bit what we call hypogonadal. So having that extra weight means the testes don't work as well and the drive from the brain to the testis often isn't as normal. So it can decrease sperm production. It can reduce the proportion of healthy sperm and, and you know, kind of fast-swimming sperm. Mm-hmm. Being overweight can reduce libido and sex drive. Yep. And it could also just affect general health and well-being. And probably confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So those things, you know, really can be impacted by lifestyle change. And, you know, it's really hard for a woman in a, in a relationship to lose weight and with, through lifestyle change if her partner's not on board. Mm. So I would say, you know, one thing is that it should be not just a message for the woman but a message for, for both parties. Yes, yeah, and something to do as a couple while you're going through trying to conceive. Yeah. And then for a woman, what are some of the impacts of weight? Well, look, there are lots of benefits to having a normal body mass index in pregnancy and fertility. So... Firstly, you're more likely to ovulate normally and you're more likely to release an egg and know when that's going to happen in a predictable fashion. So you're more likely to get pregnant. Um, In terms of miscarriage, having extra body weight is actually quite an inflammatory condition. We kind of think about fat as an innate tissue, but actually inert tissue, I beg your pardon. But it's actually not. It's an inflammatory tissue. It creates a lot of different hormonal and and, um, kind of chemical changes. And um, it does actually increase your risk of having a miscarriage if you're overweight. How? We don't actually know. We just know statistically women who have a higher BMI are more likely to have a miscarriage. Um, So we don't fully understand. But probably the hypothesis, the the theory, is that it's to do with that inflammation. Um, In terms of um, pregnancy risks, there are lots of risks that are increased in women who are overweight and obese. So things like an increased risk of having high blood pressure or preeclampsia in pregnancy, an increased risk of developing diabetes in pregnancy, which is called gestational diabetes, um, and, um, and that can have implications for both mum and baby. Um, there's an increased risk of having a very large baby because the amount of kind of sugar and energy in our bloodstream does translate to yeah. crossing the placenta and, and giving baby kind of um, more nutrition 
um, but that can be a negative thing as well. Yeah, and slower metabolism, that would also be impacting the size of the baby. Yeah, potentially. Mm. But the other thing about having a large baby is it does increase the risk of the baby having sugar problems at birth, so being hypoglycemic after birth um, or having low blood sugars after birth, which can lead to seizures. Yeah. Um, and it can also increase the risk that mum will need a caesarean yeah. because the baby may be too big to come out naturally. And it also does increase the risk of mum having birth trauma, um, which damage to the pelvic floor and associated complications like haemorrhage yes. um, and prolonged labour if the baby's big. And in terms of risks to the baby of being big, well, the baby's got an increased risk of needing to be delivered through an instrumental delivery mm-hmm. and associated injuries. Mm-hmm. And some, forceps. Uh, sometimes forceps, sometimes vacuum. Um, but then also baby could get stuck during an attempted vaginal birth and that can lead to trauma. Um, so, you know, it's... It's um, it's really, really risky, actually, compared to being of a normal BMI to have a baby at, at, a, at a higher BMI. And things don't go wrong all the time, you know. So the, everybody may know someone who's overweight who's had an absolutely healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. So, But the thing is, statistically speaking, you're in a higher risk category for all of those things happening. Yeah. You also mentioned being underweight as a problem. What are some of the problems that... That could happen there. Yeah, well, look, being underweight is also an issue in terms of fertility. So, um, in terms of ovulation, that's another reason for not having a regular menstrual cycle, a regular ovulation. So, you can lose that cyclicity, and that's known as secondary amenorrhea, which means that when you've had a period before yes. and you've, you've had a normal cycle, but then you've become underweight and your periods disappear. Yes. Um, and that can ha- also, if you do happen to get pregnant, that being underweight is also associated with an increased risk of miscarriage. Um, If you are very underweight and you're having fertility treatment like ovulation induction or intrauterine insemination or IVF, you're actually at a higher risk of having a compromised response to therapy if you are underweight Um, and particularly if the brain chemicals are are shut down, the brain hormones aren't speaking to the ovaries normally because of a very low body weight, um, it might be worth just dealing with that before seeking fertility treatment because if mum's undernourished and then baby's trying to grow, mum might not have, you know, the resources to A, keep herself healthy and help a healthy baby grow. Um, And being underweight can be associated with low for gestational age birth weights Mm -hmm. and placental insufficiency, which means the placenta doesn't work well. So baby can be born small and, and, and not thrive. So achieving a normal normal BMI is is a step that you know patients can take, women can take, and men can take to help attain fertility success yeah. and to significantly increase their chance of conceiving naturally. Yeah, and I think we've talked about we've touched on it before that that there's a care plan that can be made up when you're trying to get pregnant of all the specialists you need to engage, and that could be a nutritionist or nutritionist or a dietitian is that something that you recommend people because losing Absolutely. weight gaining weight it's it's not easy it's hard it's really hard you know anyone who's tried to lose weight it's not an easy thing and you know kind of if people could click their fingers and just be a normal body weight that I'm sure everybody would so it's um and certainly it can be even harder for some patients who have particular problems like polycystic ovarian syndrome where the condition itself makes it more difficult to lose weight um, and patients who have other issues like thyroid disorders. So having a holistic approach and having a a think about everything we can do for a patient to make losing weight 
as easy as possible is something that's really important. Um, and, yeah, so as you mentioned, a team effort is the best way to achieve success. So, yeah. you know, who would I want on my team if I was trying to, trying to lose weight and have a baby? Well, you might need a fertility specialist to yes. support, but you also could see your GP and um, GP can help you with a care plan to manage um, being overweight or obese. And that may involve funding some appointments with an exercise physiologist, for example. So one, one thing that people do find difficult, especially if they are extremely overweight, is, you know, we all say, well, what do you do to lose weight? Well, you exercise and modify your diet. But actually exercising, you also want to exercise in a way that you're not going to injure yourself yes. and that is going to be effective and is... And that you could possibly maintain throughout the pregnancy. Yeah, that it's doable. Exactly. Um, and in terms of um, other healthcare professionals as well, seeing a dietitian um, professionally may be a good idea. Uh, we all think we know what to eat, but you know these these are professionals, and they can give you a diet plan that may be realistic and may More be a yeah a clinical that. plan. You know, a clinical dietetics plan to you know kind of really give you a pathway, give you a, a road to follow um, that's prescriptive because. And keep you on track. I yeah. Think that's the hardest thing is often people lose it and then put it back on. Yeah, and you might need a life coach. So you may have a life coach who's a friend or a family member, or you might have a professional life coach, like for example a psychologist, mm -hmm. um, to help support you in this partnership um, to lose weight. And and it might be that your doctor, either your GP or your fertility specialist, not while you're actively trying to conceive, but maybe in a preconception phase where we're trying to achieve a certain goal weight in order to start therapy, um, might use some supervised medications to help you lose weight in a, in a controlled way. Now, that's a, it's kind of like a Band-Aid solution. It's not a... I was going to say, it's, yeah. it's maybe a nice kickstart, but it's not a solution. No. It's a magic pill, but there are... But there are medications, yeah. So there are appetite suppressant medications and, you know, they, there are some meal replacement kind of, um, you know, shakes and supplements yeah. and things like that that may be for a short while to achieve a goal to start yeah. treatment or just to help you have a baby, that that might be something that, that could be part of a plan. You tend to be a bit more motivated to keep going. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like I mentioned before, to recognise and treat any associated pathology like thyroid problems um, that might be, you know, kind of, you know, adding to the issue. Yeah. Um, undiagnosed diabetes is another one yeah. that's actually quite prevalent. I, I diagnose about... Probably 20 patients a year with diabetes. Insulin-dependent? Um, yeah. Well, not insulin-dependent, type 2 diabetes, yeah. but who have true diabetes that's unrecognised in the community and they can come to me for help getting pregnant. Yeah. So, you know, that has also long-term implications for general health. So optimising those, those um, conditions can really help people to achieve their goals. So it really so sounds like before you start any treatment, you go to your GP and just get checked for everything and put a plan into place? Well, look, I think that if you are overweight and you're not ovulating or you need help getting pregnant, you've tried naturally and it hasn't happened for you, it's an opportunity to, um, to make some changes that actually may be all you need to do. And just as a take-home message, I've had patients in my practice who've come to me for this kind of advice and who I've given the advice and the result has been a natural conception. Yeah. And that is not an uncommon event. Yes. Um, you know, one of the reasons, not the only reason, there's lots of reasons, but one of the reasons that infertility is more of a problem in our generation is lifestyle. Yeah. And addressing lifestyle can sometimes be all that we need to do. 
So rather than it being something that we don't talk about, we should really be thinking of it of a way that we can empower ourselves to change something. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Knocked Up, the podcast about getting pregnant. For more information about Raylia, Women's Health Melbourne and how to get pregnant, please visit womenshealthmelbourne.com.au or find us on the socials under Women's Health Melbourne or you can send an email with any future episode requests to podcasts at womenshealthmelbourne.com.au. See you next week.